from the battlefield. This is Jay. And this is Chuck. Welcome to Next 5 Dance. This is Jay, another leader of the Blue Party, coming through with a shoeless and sockless Chuck in studio this morning. I don't know why, but Chuck, please tell us what we have on the show today. Alright then, today we're covering the EPL, we're doing the Rugby World Cup, and as well as the Champions League. My shoes and socks are off because I feel closer to the earth. Someone is zen today, apparently. Scented. Alright. EPL, né? we've got the upset um, of Norwich over City. We've yeah. got the Arsenal performance. Let's get into it. Arsenal first. We're going to start with Arsenal, are we? Of course. Let me try not get emotional on this one. Um, <laughs> you know what? I've got nothing new to say about Arsenal that has not been said before. Typically, Arsenal have got goals. Aubameyang... Two chances, two goals, playing centrally where he prefers to play and where he should play. I think when Lacazette comes back, the coach has a decision on his hands. Pepe, I mean, tricks, flicks. What more do you got, brother? And you you get the captain of the team, Granit Xhaka, who at the end when he's being interviewed, he said, what did he say? We're scared. He said you were scared. He said we didn't show any passion, any fight. And I'm looking at him, I'm, I'm like, dude, you are the poster child of disappearing in, in big moments. I mean, the midfield was overrun. Where was Granit Xhaka? And then, don't get me started on David Luiz. Second penalty in the first five games. David Luiz, the solution for Arsenal's defensive problems. Yeah, that's the kind of solution Arsenal provide for defensive problems. But I think Arsenal have a bigger defensive issue than David Luiz. Like, I actually took note of what you were saying um, the one time, Wuti. You guys forcibly, like near forced, or get out from the back. You play to your centre-halves, and no, no, my, even if the opposition... Put players there to mark you guys. You still play from the back in the same fashion. You don't take it out wide. And so, as you saw, you consider the goal. Maybe you are scared to change tactics. You know what? Scared. It's 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 crazy because you've got a you've got a tuna lead, right? Mm. What is so problematic about going agricultural? Just hoof the ball the ball downfield uh, from 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 the goal kick. You've got the two players who are standing in at, at the edges of the six-yard box, and there are players like ready to charge from the opposition. They know exactly what you're going to do immediately off the first pass from the goalkeeper. You're under pressure, and I, I mentioned this to you um, previously that I'm I'm not a fan of the modern-day coach and how the the game is overly tactical. I mean, can you not read the game? Can the players not read the status of the game? Why why would you play it out from the back like that? And uh, I mean, then you just give it to Delefeu and you invite you invite the goal. And, and, and the Watford attackers are standing exactly where you say attackers always stand when Arsenal get the ball out on the edge of the box, waiting for that mistake to happen. And surely, surely enough, it happens. I mean, Ganduzi lost the ball on the edge of the box like three times or so in the same match. Yeah, Ganduzi, who is substituted and he's booed by the... by um, <laughs> Sorry... Um, Watford by the Watford fans, and he points into the stands that well, we two one up. <laughs> well, young man, how did that end up for you? Hey. I mean, don't 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 be signing checks that your teammates have to cash. Ganuzi came off the pitch with the utter confidence that Arsenal are going to actually defend a two one lead. Did when you see? Did when you they see? were overrun from the first minute of the second half. How many, how many shots did Watford get against Arsenal yesterday? I think about thirty one shots. Thirty one shots. <laughs> 
31 shots. The most ever faced by an Arsenal team since the Premier League era began. You know what? Arsenal are the what absolute point? Jekyll and Hyde um, team. It's confusing. First half, got 60% of the ball and they're knocking it around. And Watford, who was struggling, bottom of the league with only one point in four matches. And then you go into halftime and you're thinking, well, just come out second half, do more of the same. Arsenal come out in the second half. A friend of ours actually uh, saw me put up uh, a status on WhatsApp saying, come oh, on, you guys. And he was asking, because he wasn't watching the match, oh, how, how's it going? I say to him, Arsenal are winning. And he then says, maybe you don't want to get too excited too quickly. And I, I reiterated him, it's like, you know what, you're probably right because Arsenal are the same team who were 4 0 up at Newcastle once upon a time and allowed them back to 4 4. What was 2 0? I mean, what's, what's, what's discouraging about Arsenal that the whole second half, no one showed up. Pepe did not affect the game at all. And he never came off. Ozil never tracked back to help out. Man, you, you, I, what, what, I, I don't even know what happened in the second half. No one was interested in actually playing football. And you know what? I think, I think the manager was negative with his substitutions. Mm. Because I don't know why he removed uh, Caballos. Uh, because he was the guy who, even when we were under pressure, when, 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 when Watford were attacking... You, you found him in the left-back position helping Kolesinac out because Kolesinac is not a natural left-back and he was struggling from that position. And he had the wherewithal to go, plug in that position, help him out, whereas Uzel was just doing what Uzel does. Can I just say, to all the Arsenal fans who are massive Uzel fans, I, I, I don't get it, guys. I absolutely don't get it. The guy looks like he's barely trying and or barely wants to be on the pitch. I'm glad to see him back on the pitch after the troubles he's faced um, off the pitch as well. I, it, it's a great thing for him to be on the pitch just doing his job. But I, the Uzel era has been over for me. Uh, and and I think Caballeros could replace him. You should sell Uzel and fund uh, that permanent uh, transfer. And is he, is he not the embodiment of the actual team? I say this because I, I read Obama Young say this and um, Gordon Chaka say this, that we knew that they were going to come at us in the second half. And my thoughts are, but we also know that you guys, about can, yeah, you guys can actually perform what you did in the first half and do it again. So what the hell does that we knew they were going to come at us mean? You want to relax and try to defend, whereas you were not doing it in the first half. Is he not the embodiment of Arsenal that when things are going well and we're going forward, we're good? But don't ask me to track back. That's exactly it. Um, I think he hit the nail on the head because in the first half, for example, that that pass um, to, to the right back, who then to Maitland-Niles, who then squares it for Aubameyang, mm. that's... That's what Uzel's talent is about, that through pass, threading it um, behind the defense. Things are going well. He is exactly the, the, he's exactly Arsenal embodied in a player. Mm. And which is why I think if Arsenal want to take that next step, uh, along with fixing, truly committing to fixing the defense, Uzel needs to go. Speaking about the defense of Maitland Niles. Maitland Niles should not play anywhere in the back. He was trying his hardest from the first half. To make mistakes and make sure which I am not put in this position again. Ayoba Puzuz, as much as he was not really capable for the goals coming in, but he tried his best to make sure that win is over. I, I, I'm, I'm on it. You know what, dude? I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm tired of talking about Arsenal. Uh, it's just making me angry this morning. Like, can we, can we just move on from let's, Arsenal? Let's flip it with this question then. As bad as Arsenal were, was City as bad or even worse, having considered three goals to Norwich? That. City performance, my goodness, that Norwich performance, mm. my goodness. In, in, in the famous words of the boxing commentator, Harry Cassell, when, um, Foreman knocked down Fraser, down goes Fraser, down goes, down goes City. <laughs> 
Who would have thought they, they're going to go up to Kara Road? Kara Road. And a, 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 a guy by the name of Pookie. Pookie. <laughs> it sounds like a Pokemon or something. <laughs> and I mean, you know what? It, it was an interesting performance because uh, Bernard Laporte is out. And yeah. amazingly, it seems as if their whole defensive pattern has collapsed without him. And it's going to be interesting how they cope without, with, without that linchpin in defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You gotta give it to Norwich. Um, I think you noted to me yesterday when we were, we were chatting over WhatsApp that they were, they popped the bus, but somehow it wasn't just a negative game plan that they went out there with mm. because when there was a chance to go on the counter, they went on the counter and put everything into it. And it shows on the scoreboard with how they got three goals out of that performance. Um, before I even go into Norwich, to speak about the defensive fa- failties that City have currently, the Otamendi Stones pairing has been the least used center center pairing since Laporte signed. They've only wow. played together twice. That tells you everything. And if they've been together on the pitch, they've been with the third central defender. So it means there are tough times ahead because Laporte is not there, company's not there, so it's gonna be the pair of them going on for a couple of months. So Otamendi dilly dallying on the ball, gets pickpocketed and what was he doing? What do you, do you think? Actually, <laughs> I mean, going off of what we saw in the Arsenal game, mm. um, do you think because and these are the tactics I keep mentioning? Do you think this obsession with modern day managers to want goalkeepers and defenders who are good with the ball at their feet and playing it up? Do you think it's actually deterring good defense? Look. I think it actually is because I remember one 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 person noted that. Pep actually got Mascheron to play in the back. That's because Mascheron is a midfield and he can yeah. play the ball. Um, growing up, Donna, if you can't play ball, or in terms of you're not good technically or you're not good in possession, well, you move or oh, well, keep. Yeah. And I think that's how we, we get into soccer at the grassroots level, at youth level, and we have that idea, okay, I'm not good at the ball at my feet, but I can clear it, I can challenge for the ball, I can do so many things, and so I play at the back. And then 10 years later in your career, what do you, no, you have to learn these skills. Sometimes you like a deer in, in the headlights from that because Otamendi is a good defender. He plays for, for Argentina. He's yeah. got caps behind his name. Um, who's the other one in, in, the, in the Arsenal shirt who just um, crossed them the thing in the ball? Papa. That, that I, I struggle to, to say his name. <laughs> that guy. Papa Sam. He, he's a Greek international as well. But he's not doing that for Greece. He was not doing that for his previous team. Otamendi is not doing that as well in his previous team. So when they ask you to suddenly do something that you're not familiar with, in a high-pressure situation, you are going to make mistakes. And in the box, it'll be very costly. I think so. And I mean, it's it's sad because, uh, unfortunately, what I think is going to result in is you're not going to see guys like Enemanya Vidic mm. on, on, or, or John Terry. These these blood, guts, and glory guys who just like laid on the line. Not very good technically, mm. but if you need a man to, 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 to just lay down his life, so to speak, out mm. there on the pitch and leave everything out there, that... Is secondary now to how 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 smooth how silky it, it, it's looking. And the thing is, though, you find these uh, these Rolls Royce defenders mm-hmm. like a Laporte, uh, like a Van Dijk, um, mm-hmm. guys who are, are, are silky smooth when they have the ball. But I think those guys are anomalies. They're not, they're not, they're not a dime a dozen. And when you then do try to convert the guys who've just grown up and they mandate up to this point has been see the ball, clear the ball, take ball, take man, and give it to someone who knows what they're doing on the ball. Now they have to change their mindset. They have to be the guys who know what they're doing from the back. They yeah. have, I mean, you know, um, the, the German legend, um, Beckenbauer, yeah. he's legendary because of, of how he revolutionized defenses. 
But the reason he's a legend is because he was the only guy who was doing it. It's different. Jones came into like football and he was thought to be oh the next Beckenbauer type thing. Mm. But that's that I, I, I honestly think defenders should defend first and foremost. And if you are in a position like Otomendi was yesterday, mm. clear clear the danger. And now it, it shows how confused defenders are. Like my first instinct is to clear it. Yeah. But the coach said I should pass it. So you, you get that erratic pass. So you, you that, that 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 release from the ball you see that it's not quite sure. I don't know whether to chip it, to play it across, so I'll just do whatever and hope it works. So I, I think that, that that's going to kill the art of defending slightly because if you remember Pep, Pep Guardiola's team in Barca, none of them were good aerially. No. Put a ball in the, bro- in the box, they couldn't really repel that. So now if you don't have a, a Vidic, if you don't have a John Terry who's going to repel the ball at all costs, when the ball comes in, as we've seen with City when they've had um, ball, balls crossed into them, like how, how out of the blue, um, who is this? Lucas Mora scored. Um, I can sit with that header. Yeah. Lucas Moore is the shortest guy on the pitch. You know what it's going to do, though? <laughs> it's going to produce some really exciting games with Manchester City, particularly mm. this period with Bernard Laporte out. Do you think Do you think yesterday was a sign of the times, currently with City, or, or was it just one of those days? Because, I mean, in, in, in every good, great season as well, uh, other than the Arsenal team of 2004, which was like the first time in her in whatever years, Teams don't go through a season un, un, unbeaten. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be prisoners of the moment and overreact to this one loss and think, yeah. oh my goodness, the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. You know, is it an oh my goodness, the sky is falling on City? Or was yesterday just a, a, a bad day and just a combination of things worked against them? Funny enough, I won't give you a clear answer <laughs> because I think it's a bit of both. One, because when Pep first came into the team, I know he didn't have a team as strong as he, as he has now. But Pep wasn't getting the results he wanted, and no one could really put their finger on it to say, here's why it's not happening. Um, Chigichi, all of a sudden, they get a win, or they win the league, and they perform even better in the next, in the next um, campaign. But having seen them and the way they've started this particular campaign, I think it's going to be one of those seasons where they fall away and no one's really quite sure how it happened or why wait, it happened. Wait, wait, wait. Come on, come on, come on. Next question. What, 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 what? i got to ask you, are mm. you coming around to my side in in, in, in saying that City want to win the league and Liverpool might just do this. I mean, there's already a five point gap. No, 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 no. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> put it out there. I kind of hear the you side. saying that. I kind of hear you saying, no, say, say it out loud. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm say it out loud. City are going to focus on the Champions League. <laughs> oh, they're going to focus on the Champions League. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, wait. Before we carry on, carry away with City, let me, let me speak about Norwich. Now, what I saw from Norwich that was very impressive for me is the fact that they parked the bus, but they were calm in defense. Usually, as, as, we've, as we keep saying about defenders, and when you've parked the bus, the ball comes, you boot it out. Wait for the next wave of attack, repel, boot it out. But when they actually got the ball, they had enough time on the ball and, and great enough movement to actually cause problems for, for City on the counter-attack. So they got the ball, they'd give it to Puki, or, well, unfortunately, I just know Puki from that team currently, but they'd spread the ball wide and actually cause problems for City. Um, there, there, there was a point where the game could have, could have actually even gotten embarrassing, where they could have considered four, if not five. And so the fact that they were so composed in defense for me is very, very impressive. I think it's, it's, not, it's no small feat to yeah. beat Manchester City, regardless of the fact that they were playing at home. And, and the home support was, was crazy. I saw a video on social media just this morning of the reaction of the fans um, at the end of the match, because <clears throat> when, when the when the ref blows the whistle, one of the players just collapses to the floor because it was a major effort to yeah. just keep. Because City kept coming. I mean, 
they started the game without um, the Brainer, mm. and which was interesting. Uh, and I suppose uh, after his exploits of recent as, as well internationally, Pep just felt he should rest him. And Gundogan is a, is a, is a good mm. replacement for him. You yeah. know, listen, we've, we've been told that City's B team is good enough to win the league, so I think him being on the bench shouldn't change too much. About that City player, um, Norwich player, or oh, is Norwich City falling to the ground? I heard at the beginning of the game, um, and this was shared by Tim Tim Sherwood, um, Google Premiership Show, Yabuguti. One said that um, Norwich beating Norwich beating City is like climbing Everest without the gear. And Tim Sherwood says it's even harder than that. So, so for them to actually pull it off, I know it's, it could be a one-off result, but maybe it's worth actually watching. I mean, they, for they, they started the league. Um, well, Puki was the, the the player of the month for for the month of August, and I don't I don't think this is suddenly something that you can look to and and, and think that Norwich are going to be upsetting the apple cart um, very often. Mm-hmm. It's football; it happens, and 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 the very the very biased English commentators will always remind you: this is why we love the EPL. It is truly why we love the EPL because yeah. on any given day, anyone can get it. You love it as a neutral. You do. Um, Not as I'd, a City fan. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd say you don't love it as a City fan, but what are those? Yeah, what are those? Uh, let's 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 go to let's go to before we disrespect the Blue Off of Manchester. That doesn't exist. Yes, yes. Let's go to the Champions League. All right, let's discuss favorites. Who do you think are, are, are title contenders for Champions League? And if there are any dark horses. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this, and I can't look past Liverpool. It's crazy. I sound like a Liverpool fan on these on these podcasts because I've picked them to win the league. And the thing is, in any other year, I would have definitely um, gone with Liverpool uh, for a couple of reasons because I do believe that Anfield Champions League nights are just magic. There's just something that is in you can't explain. Uh, when Barca found out about it last season, and so many teams have come to Anfield when when Liverpool have not been doing well in mm. a particular season, but you put them under those bright lights on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, then something something crazy happens. But I think what might deter them is they very obviously are focusing on winning their first league in, in, in 30 years. Mm. And if their focus is so much in that direction, I think that might deter them from a Champions League tilt. The reason, though, I'm, I'm going for Liverpool is because, oh, man, the other more traditional favourites... Barca and Real Madrid from Spain are struggling mm. to begin the season. You never know what they look like towards the end of the season. Barca, especially because they're going to be welp- welcoming a certain Lionel Messi back into the team at some point. Yeah. And you've got Juve, who have, as you call him, Mr. Champions League himself, yep. who might not look good in, 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 in the group stages or here, there, and about, but <laughs> put him in a knockout stage and... There are certain things that are guaranteed in life: taxes, death, and Ronaldo scoring in a in a, in a knockout Champions League match. So I've got Liverpool uh, by a hair, but I think we can we can look to Juventus. Quick question about Liverpool: Do you not think they've got an issue with squad depth? If you take maybe Van Dijk out, or you take uh, a Mane out, or a Salah, don't they look like less than favourites? You could say that. Um, I would retort and say. That that magnificent comeback against Barca, Origi, and mm-hmm. um, Wijnaldum. Those are the guys <laughs> who scored between them those four goals. I, I do think 
I do think they cannot afford to have a long-term injury um, either to one of the either to Van Dyke mm. or to one of their front three, particularly Bobby Firmino, uh, mm. who we've seen this past weekend and the games leading up to this. In my opinion, he is the glue that holds that front three together. He is very integral to what 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 um, the coach's plans are for that team. Mm. So. I do. I, I would be concerned about this squad depth, but I mean, in the in the center of midfield, they've worked. They've welcomed all Ox back, yeah. and Kater needs to come back as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about Liverpool. Mm. Who pick, are your favorites? My pick has to be City, simply because of squad depth. And after Hunger. after they Hunger. just got embarrassed against Norwich, you just can't go ahead and choose them because they're focusing on the Champions League, right? <laughs> Of course, they're focusing on the Champions League. Look, they've got squad depth. I think at some point they have to come right. I, I can't believe that they're going to struggle and struggle like PSG did. City are a better team, and every time they've been knocked out, it's been because of like the smallest of margins. Injury time, um, goals denied by VAR, Liverpool goals. I, I think they, they're due. And I think the cycle has come to English teams. I think uh, Spanish sides have had their share, the Champions League. And I think it's going to be an English side, and I'm leaning towards City. Are you ready for this? Why I'm not pick- picking City? Tell me. This may sound <laughs> counterintuitive. Tell me. But because they're coached by Pep Guardiola. You think Pep's not going to win another Champions League? Has he won another Champions League outside of Messi, Xavi, Iniesta? You think he's not going to do with Aguero? Has he done it? What has he done since he's joined City? I mean, they won a treble, a local treble last season, which is amazing. And they come back from, what, 100 points and 98 points the following season. But in the Champions League, something, something is not right. Something but, is not but, quite right but, with but Pep in the Champions League away from, 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 from Barcelona. But it's not down to his coaching. If VAR does not get involved in that game against Tottenham, you and I probably agree on the fact that they're probably okay. Thrashed, they're, thrashed okay, Liverpool. maybe if they go, they thrash Liverpool. If they right. get past Tottenham, they were thrashed by Liverpool. Maybe had scores because they were thrashed by 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 Real the other time. Not a so ch- not a chance City. that City were going to go up against <laughs> Liverpool in the Champions League final, and they were going to win that. I, I, not a chance. Not a chance. I repeat it, not a chance. They they came second to City in the league. Why not come second to City? Liverpool finished fifth one time and won the Champions League, coming back from 3-0 down. When in they had SMP. Gerard and it was magical. This it was is what they do in, in the Champions League. And what City do in the Champions League, they fold in the biggest moment when you're thinking, oh man, they just gonna, they're going to go ahead and do I it now. Think they fold, they fold. When, when VAR came to Tottenham. This Tottenham is what I'm rescue. saying. Oh, okay. Um, Messi folded and, and, and his boss aside. Not, not City. City, okay, if you can say that they were robbed, uh, but history suggests otherwise at this point in time. And even if had they gone through and this season, I will, I will put my, I will, I will stake everything that I have that I don't believe City quite have. I don't know. They don't quite have it. They don't have, quite have that it factor to go and win a Champions League. I don't know what the, I, I, I don't quite know what the issue is, but I, I, I really don't think that Pep Guardiola has quite figured out a formula. To take his teams subsequent to Barcelona to Europe and win the whole damn thing. They want a domestic trouble. They've got the squad depth. They've got plenty of goals in them. I cannot look past City. You know what the interesting thing about about um, English teams that win the Champions League? Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, other than Manchester United in 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. Chelsea and that other Liverpool team from 2005. They were not. They were not very good domestically at the time. I mean, when Chelsea won it as well, they were what w- w- most of us considered they were past 
that peak where they kept getting knocked out by Barcelona and it's, and, and it's like, oh, their chance was gone. And then they came back in 2012 and, and, and won the thing. Mm. Similarly to the run that Tottenham had last season where they were out of um, challenging for the title and the premiership, but in Europe, they, mm. they, they, they came good. I don't... City who are good domestically as you bring up, if history is anything to go by, I don't think... I don't think... But but if you look at Man United, I just United, don't think City United, are going to win the Champions League. Man United League. did the double that season, and they and they and they lost out to AC Milan in the in the in the semis the previous season, and subsequently after that they played what, what, in the final. Okay. So they did well domestically. They were on check. Okay, on cool. Check. Yeah. Let's let's go with this. Let's, okay. let's go with this. Liverpool lost the final to Real Madrid, um, mm-hmm. and then they came back and they won. They won the Champions League, right? What pedigree have City shown you that mm, they're close? Other than VAR coming to the rescue of Tottenham, what pedigree has this City team showed you that you know what? Constantly being better than City and than than Liverpool in the Champions League specifically. What have they shown you in their run in I, the Champions League? I, I Are City not like PSG in the in, in in the Champions League? PSG. <laughs> Are they not like PSG in the Champions League? PSG got beat by Man United in the round of sixteen. PSG got beaten by Real Madrid in the round of sixteen. PSG got thumped six one. <laughs> By Barca in the round of 16. (laughs) PSG suck with or without Neymar or Mbappe. They're not not even in the picture for me. Neymar's back. Are they... Where where are they? What are they? Neymar's back for now. (laughs) (laughs) We know. When is his sister's birthday? (laughs) As we know, Uh, his sister's birthday comes around and then magically he's got an injury. When is a real carnival? (laughs) Ah, man. Do you think? Do you think because of that instability of 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 their number ten? I mean, this off season is he coming? Is he going? Is he staying? What is he doing? Does he still want to play football? Even PSG have always got drama that's bigger than the club. If it's not um, Neymar being injured, it's Rabiot refusing to sign an extension, and so he's frozen out. It's Thomas Tuchel being replaced. Emre- there are just too many stories happening there for them to win something. And now they've got a Cardi, who's, mm. who's, 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 who's been frozen out by Inter, by Inter and, and now these are the guys that they them. take on. I, I I don't I don't know if the guys in, in in Paris quite know how to build a squad. I think in their minds, this is fantasy football. Just Dole out the, the, the Euros that you need to get whoever is available and throw them together, see what happens. I don't I don't think PSG go any anywhere this season either. Mm. Uh that is supposed to be killing Mbappe's team. But because of how big Neymar is, uh, and because of the personality he is and the stories we hear in of his influence in the dressing room, I think that's gonna deter them in terms of how far they can go in the Champions League. They'll do well in the Farmers League, obviously. They'll win another um, League One title, but that, that, that's it. Yeah. Um, on the bigger stage, they don't quite have it either. So if um, you were to pick two other contenders for the Champions League, who would you pick? Two others, um, as in other than Liverpool. Yeah. So I've got Juve because of the Ronaldo factor. Mm. And because it feels for as long as I've been alive, Juve have been due a Champions League title. I mean, they lost one in Champions League title, if I'm not mistaken, in, in 1996. So since we've really been watching football, we've seen them lose finals. They would lost 2003 to AC Milan. Um, mm-hmm. And they've lost uh, against Real Madrid as well. Mm-hmm. They do, you, you kind of feel like eventually they yeah. have they have to do it. This is why they got Ronaldo. It's not so that he can bolster them in, in their own league because they just dominate that with, without him. Yeah. They're, they're another favorite. Um 
I, I wanted I was going to say Atletico Madrid before before this past weekend. Um yeah, But I'll say Atletico Madrid. Because uh, they they're another team who've who've made it far but mm. not quite gotten over that hump. And they they might they might just do it with Joao Felix. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't rate Barca. Um even though they've got the Wonder Kid. Uh I don't quite rate Real Madrid either. Because I feel they just have too many players who play in the same position. Vinicius, James, um, Hazard. If Hazard this season looks like the Hazard of Chelsea, maybe. But mm. they also have problems in defense. So Militao, who's supposed to be their solution as well, he's he, he doesn't give me any confidence at the back there. And Sergio Ramos wanted to to, to leave the club. So it's just too much instability with Real Madrid as well. Yeah. Well, this season there are not too many obvious favourites. I'd go with Liverpool, um, because I really think an English team will win it. Um, and subsequent to that, I'll just throw a caution to the wind and say Bayern Munich. <laughs> don't ask me why. I, I just think Bayern Munich, just because I, don't, I also don't think um, any, of the, uh, any of the Spanish chants are going to win it. Um, because they Do you just, think we could have a first time winner? Is it possible? I'll say to you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> All right. Now, speaking about winners, um, I think the Springboks are due. We're going to talk Rugby World Cup. I think we, we counted ninety from ninety five to two thousand and seven and two thousand nineteen. Twelve years. Every twelve years, we win. Twelve years later, we win. A, a we want to say every twelve years, but it's happened <laughs> once. But we're going to go with that. Like every twelve years, that's all we need. We, we just need that idea, and we're going to run with it. So. You've seen the team selection. You've seen in which group we are in. What is your take? Trump cards. Man. Big players. We're in a group with New Zealand. Yeah. And I'm I'm the type of person, normally sports fans will tell you that they want to avoid this team and the other team. And I always wonder to myself, what are you actually trying to do? Are you trying to win? Are you trying to win the tournament that you are in? Or are you just trying to make it as far as possible? As a, as a Springboks fan... I'd like to win the tournament. And I think if you're going to win any tournament, you're going to have to play uh, the big teams. You're going to have to beat the favorites at some point. Mm. And it's a good thing that we have the litmus test that is uh, the All Blacks coming up on Saturday. Game one. And I think that 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 will set us up for the World Cup. Mm. I do think we can win. I do think we can win it. And I, I say this on, on, on the back of us winning the rugby championship this, this year, uh, given um, New Zealand didn't play all... all all their big players, but we also managed to beat an Australia team uh, right here in Joburg, where, mm. where the, essentially was a B team. And then we went down to New Zealand, we drew against them, and last year we beat them away from home, and we could have done the double on them, but then they came back uh, on us very late back here in South Africa. I'm I'm looking forward to this World Cup. Mm. I, I I really think people don't really see us coming, um, even though we do have the rugby championship. I don't think we've been mentioned as favorites. You hear New Zealand, you hear Ireland, you hear Wales. You don't hear the Springboks. And I, I, I like us coming into a World Cup with people not looking at us. 12 years. 12 damn years. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I think last year one of our standout players was Peter Steff. The year before was Mark and Marks. Actually, the other way around was Mark and Marks and Peter Steff. This time, the whole team's been firing, as I've yeah. said in this one other argument. Um, so what's 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 good about it is that you you have you have good players you have you have depth in just about every position. 
I mean, if not Elizabeth, you've got Mustard. If not Mustard, you've got Sneeman. If not Nyakani, you've got Bonambi. If not, you've got Marx. If not Kobe, like we've got we, we've got hot players in every position. So for me, that bodes well for, for for our chances. I mean, similar point to what you're saying. It's good to start up with a with a very hard game first up. Yeah, that will that will allow that allow us to gauge where we are, and if we need to take it up a level, and just and we'll just maintain that level throughout the World Cup. I think if we start with a with an easy game, we're going to be relaxed. And only gear up for when we have to play New Zealand. Maybe if we play them the last game we, or whatever. We saw that in our la- in our last World Cup when we lost to Japan. Yeah. Um, so it's good for us to just hit the ground running. Yeah. And I think I mean even if even if the result is not a positive one in terms of getting the W against New Zealand, um, the performance will be important. And there's a self belief in that mm. South African team that we if we have been this close of of, of late with an all conquering New Zealand side the last couple of years. We can hang with anyone. Not only can we do that, but we can actually win. Mm. I think, as you mentioned, we have a, our pack is strong. Yeah. Um, we've we've got the typical South African big boys up front, yeah. uh, just mowing people over. And our our, our backline is rather interesting as well. Uh, Fafid number nine. We always do well as a Springboks team when we've got a tactical scrum half. Jos van der Verstaisen was. Probably not the best passer in the world or distributor, but in terms of his his field generalship, he was amazing. Yeah, he knew what needed to happen at the times it needed to happen. He knew when he needed to distribute. He knew when he needed to kick. The same thing um, is, is 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 true of Furi De Pere. Mm-hmm. Um the former New Zealand coach uh, Graham Hendry. He has come out and said that the best player is coached against is Furi De Pere. and Faf is of that mold. Um, yeah. He knows when to kick, uh, he knows when to snipe, and he just keeps everything ticking. In my opinion, he's probably the best nine going around mm. in the world right now. And he's 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 pairing with um, uh, our number 10. Um, Pollard. Pollard is a good one as well. Pollard, he's the guy who was in high school. He knew Pollard was going to play for the Springboks. And he had yeah. he had his injury problem uh, a couple of years ago, mm. but now he's back and he's, he's firing. He's a guy who can take it up to the line. He he kicks he kicks the points that you need to, to, to just keep the scoreboard going. He's got a big boot on him if we need to play tactically. It's it's perfect. And then you've our back our our, our back three, Villa mm. uh, what can you say Experience. about Villa And then on the wings we've got Nkosi mm-hmm. and Mapimpi. And those those boys are athletic. They're powerful. They they have a step on them. Mm. We're good everywhere. The only thing is is the experience, you yeah. know. Uh, and I think at the World Cup, uh, the that that back three mm. is going to get tested with high balls. Um, turn them around. See how they are under the high ball. How they, how they are having to run towards their goal and defend. But, but I'm, I think I'm they've, they've right? given us a good showing in the rugby championship. So as much as they will be tested by the high ball, as you say, I think they're solid. As much as South Africa always look for strong players, I think it's the smaller players this time that are going to give us that magic. We've got Kwaka Smith, yeah. we've got Fanny Kirk, we've got Yankees, we've got Kobe. I think the smaller players are where, are where we're going to actually have the X factor in the, in the rugby World and Cup. We've been crying out for Kwaka Smith. For we, a long time. We, we've been calling for him to get into the team because as, as much as there's a South African DNA in terms of, of, of our forwards, uh, as I'm saying, those, those big boys mm. who. Oh, who don't run around you? They run through you. Yeah. Kwaka Smith is 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 athletic and he's 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 explosive. He, I mean, in a in a in a in a game of rugby, once you get into the sixtieth seventieth minutes, everyone is tired. Bodies have been like slapping against one another, and 
you need that spark. You need the guy who's going to identify like one of the fatties in the front row and run around them. Quaka <laughs> yeah. Smith is that kind of guy. You want to bring in a Kobe yeah. into broken play. I mean, I saw him in the under 20 World Cup when, when, when he was at that age group and he ran through about seven French guys in the one match and just like, oh, this dude. I mean, I mean, Quaka's not the biggest guy on the field. No. He's not going to give you many tackles, but he carries very well with the ball. He does. Once, once he runs, he's hard to stop. And he's a good, he's a good fisher as well. So, I mean, He's he's a very good utilitarian player. Is, is that a good word? Utility, utility. Think utility. Yeah, that word. Not the mother tongue. It's fine. That word. Runs some turns on me. Yes, but yeah. But yeah, man, I I I, I rate our chances. Um, yeah. I I really rate our chances. Mm. And New Zealand, obviously, a favorite. But New Zealand have uh, before the, they lost two World Cups, where they won both of them. They've been known to disappoint. Uh, they do a disappointment. Why not against years. us? Mm. And uh, I mean, the Northern Hemisphere teams, they're being they're being touted as favorites, um, yeah. Ireland and Wales. But there's a reason why there's only been one Northern Hemisphere team to win a World Cup. That was England in 2003. Whereas every other one has been won by the superpowers of the South, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. And more more than any other sport, I do think pedigree is a thing at World Cups. Mm. I mean, the Springboks have come into World Cups where, as I said, they've not been mentioned as favorites. But there's something about knowing as a nation, I don't know what it is, mm. but knowing how to win a World Cup. Southern Hemisphere teams know how to do that. Australia as well, they they somehow managed to peak at World Cups. And it'll be interesting to see how far they go. Argentina from uh, another counterpart from the rugby championship, who didn't have a good championship, yeah. um, and they're in. Actually, actually the Argentina's dark horses. I, I I know they haven't had a good 2019, and subsequently years before because they're in the rugby championship and they keep getting walloped. But after seeing the Jaguars' performance in this in Super Rugby, that was that was that was crazy good. I, I, I was maybe it's a one-off. I don't know, but I was surprised. And I'm thinking if these players get into the team, which which is most of them into the national team, there will be a few upsets in the World Cup. And they just need to upset one team to get through. And from there on, as you say, it's a tournament, anything goes. You can always you can always um, expect that, that um, Latina passion mm-hmm. to come through from Argentina. Uh, particularly, they have these memorable matches when they play against France for whatever reason, in, in, in particular, and they've got France in their group. Mm. So I, I'm not looking for much from Argentina, but uh, they got to the to the semifinals in 2007, and they haven't quite been back to 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 to, to that stage um, since then. But it, it, once you get into the knockouts, especially anything mm. can happen. I think besides South Africa, only New Zealand can win it. I don't see anyone else actually challenging because England's run is over. I think they're on the way now. They were good, and Eddie Jones for some reason can't find that magic no more. An interesting stat we, we, which we came across is the teams that have won the World Cup have mm. come into the World Cup uh, in and around number one, uh, the number one ranking um, in the world. Only the Springboks in 2007 weren't ranked number one. And recently we've had a show at number one where between Ireland and New Zealand, they keep exchanging that spot. I mean, it was New Zealand for the past 10 years until yeah. recently. And it tells you that Ireland are bringing a strong squad into in, into the World Cup, but I don't know. I don't. I don't quite see it for them either. Mm. Um, Not the Springboks are going to win. Basically, that's what we're saying. Let's go and support the Springboks. Yeah, we 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 want to close this episode off by saying, get behind the boys. <laughs> we lost uh, a, a a cricket World Cup this year, and yes. the less said about that, the better. 
and we lost in the AFCON as well. We need to win something. Lost in the Women's World Cup. Lost in the Netball World Cup. I mean, we do. We yeah. keep saying we keep saying that we keep saying that teams are due. It's twelve years. It's twelve years. We are due. Guys, thanks for joining us on another episode of Next Five Dance. Uh follow us on our social media pages. It's at Next Five Dance on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Emperor underscore J ten and you can find Chuck when he decides to create an actual Twitter account. For now, find us on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes. Till then, Next Five Dance, over and out. Thank you.